today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw close to you. May we thirst for the water that your love brings us. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Persecution came and they were arrested, and for you and I, We need to learn, we need to understand, we need to not be confused. We need to be very aware of the attacks of the enemy. And every time that God is working in the hearts of the people, beloved, the enemy gets excited and he's gonna do everything that he can. When you step out in boldness and in obedience to what God is calling you to do, the enemy's gonna come in and try to distract to try and kick you on detour, to try and destroy your hope, your faith, and again, mess you up in any way that he can to keep you from walking in obedience. Satan doesn't like it and will try to attack you in any way he can. He will distract you and try to destroy what you believe. You may have to say out loud, get behind me, Satan. God is in charge of me, not you. Don't let him win. Claim God's promises. Memorize scripture so that when the temptation comes, and it will, you can fight it off with the word of God. Claim it and proclaim it. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Acts chapter 4 as he begins his message, Standing Bold as the Nations Rage. We've been in Acts uh, now for a while. We've been in the third and fourth chapter, the events that have been taking place for uh, a few weeks now. We've gone through the uh, situation again of Peter and John going to the temple, uh, speaking to the man who was lame from birth, over 40 years old, uh, reaching down, drawing him up, and him receiving healing from the Lord. And all that uh, ensued after that. We've been doing that for a while. Um, Luke had written in uh, the earlier parts uh, in chapter two of the book of Acts, again, how God had begun moving and working within the life of the disciples and how, again, through many wonders and signs that were done by the apostles, God was, again, moving in Jerusalem at that point in time. What, we're gonna, what we've been looking at here in chapter three and chapter four is actually the first, uh, really the first example that, that Luke gives of this supernatural uh, uh, power of God in the healing process of this lame man. And again, how powerful that was. But bear with me if you would, because I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna touch one more time on some of the, some of the high points of these events to kind of bring everybody uh, up to speed and, and get us into the context of what the message is about. And again, as I said, over the last couple of weeks, we looked at that miracle. We looked at the surrounding events fairly deeply. We realized several things during this whole journey. First of all, hopefully you realize as we've looked at this that Peter and John, they were simply, if we can put it in, in quotation marks, they were simply on their way to pray. 
That's, that's, what the, that's what the order of the day was or of that particular time. It was the time of day uh, that they were going to go to the temple and pray. Luke doesn't tell us, but I believe that pretty much that was a regular event in, in Peter and John's life as well as the rest of the disciples. It was still that time early on in Christianity where Christianity was more of a sect of Judaism. And so the disciples quite often would be found there in the temple during uh, times of prayer, and we, we see the ministry that's going to take place in this particular event. They came to this lame man who had regularly been laid there at the gate of the temple. And I think it's pretty safe to say that Peter and John, uh, uh, nor even that lame man, actually expected anything spectacular to happen that day. Let's face it, that lame man had been there for years and years, if not possibly even decades, laid lame there at the gate of the temple. And I don't think that Peter and John got up that morning and Peter turns to John and says, John, I've got this great idea. When we go to the temple this afternoon, you remember that lame guy, that lame guy that we see every day when we go to the temple. Let's see if maybe God might work a miracle in that guy's life. Let's see if God will heal him today. I don't think that conversation took place. I think that it was in a regular course of events that John and Peter went to the temple to pray during that time of prayer, three o'clock in the afternoon as we've looked later or earlier on, and that the lame man expected that day to get alms. That was his expectation. We, we don't see anywhere else that this man was expecting anything else. It was an ordinary day for all of them. But Peter and John, they stepped out boldly that day. Yes, I believe absolutely. They were led, they were directed by the Holy Spirit, but it was still a mighty bold step for them to take. And I, I don't believe that even as they ministered to that lame man that they could have expected the response from the people there that were at the temple court. Literally thousands of people that were there during that time. And once that lame man was healed and he stood up and was walking and leaping and praising God, it got their attention because he had been there day in, day out, year in, year out, decades this guy had probably been there. And the people were excited about it. And I don't think Peter and John realized what was going on or how, how the people were going to respond and look at them actually as being miracle workers. Because again, they quickly pointed, no, it's not us, it's God that's doing it. Unfortunately, men of lesser character would take the credit for that. And we see that even today, and unfortunately in the church culture in many ways, men taking the credit for what God does, again, by his supernatural power. They probably did not expect the opportunity either to be able to present the gospel literally to thousands of individuals that day. But when the power of God healed that man, it brought that opportunity to share the gospel to those that were in attendance, those that caught the attention of this man being healed that went over to Peter and John and the lame man. They were there and Peter had the opportunity to be able to share the gospel. And I don't believe that they even began to imagine or even hope that literally thousands would come to Christ. And Luke tells us that's exactly what happened. 
Beloved, I just wanna share all that with you because you need to understand, we all need to understand, we never know what God is going to do as a result of our willingness, our obedience, and the boldness of our steps to share the gospel. They went to minister to this one man and literally thousands came into the kingdom of God because of that. But that's not the end of the story because God was working an even greater thing at that point in time. They would have never guessed. I I don't believe that they were praying and saying, hey, Lord, let us speak the gospel. Let us present the gospel to all the, the, the elders and the priests to that ruling class of Judaism today. I don't think that was in their prayers that morning. And again, when, when we look at that and we understand that God gave them that opportunity, but it came about because they got arrested. Interesting thing. Persecution came upon them because they shared with the crowds. Persecution came and they were arrested. And for you and I, we need to learn, we need to understand, we need to not be confused. We need to be very aware of the attacks of the enemy. And every time that God is working in the hearts of the people, beloved, the enemy gets excited and he's gonna do everything that he can. When you step out in boldness and in obedience to what God is calling you to do, the enemy's gonna come in to try to distract to try and kick you on detour, to try and destroy your hope, your faith, and again, mess you up in any way that he can to keep you from walking in obedience. As a matter of fact, it's actually Peter who later writes in his letter. He says, beloved, don't think that it's strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened just to you but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he's blasphemed, but on your part, he's glorified. When you and I step out in faith, Be prepared for an attack of the enemy. Be aware that it's gonna happen. Anytime we determine we're going to either go deeper in our walk with the Lord, we're gonna make ourselves more available for the things of God. We want to trust him more. We wanna be more committed. We want to be more disciplined. We just wanna, again, live our lives in the love of the Lord. Every time we want to do that more or deeper, again, the enemy is going to be there. Guys, this past Thursday evening, the, the, the board of Calvary Chapel, we, we met together for a time of uh, discussion and prayer about a lot of events that are going to be taking place over the next several weeks, over the next couple of months. And again, the whole board, uh, we were in an agreement with, with how we feel that the Lord is directing and, and, and drawing us in these areas. As a fellowship, uh, we're, we're getting ready to, to step out in faith, to be able to, again, just, just trust God in some areas, uh, some exciting ministries and some moves that we're going to be doing as a fellowship. And I know that not very many of you are privy to all the details. We've been kind of doing a little bit of tease on some of the stuff. Some of the stuff is still in the incubator. It's not quite ready to hatch yet. But we want you to know that as we move out in faith, I believe it's going to be an exciting time. Some of these things, uh, they're going to be very public. Some of these things are 
are gonna be kind of behind the scenes happening. Some of them are gonna be implemented immediately while others of them, they're just gonna be in, 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 in the process of, of development uh, for, for a time to come to complete fruition. But with those multiple steps, there's going to be multiple opportunities for the enemy to come against us. Because we as a ministry are stepping forward in what we believe God wants us to do. And the enemy is gonna look for times. He's gonna come against the ministry as a whole. I believe absolutely he's going to come against the leadership, not just the pastoral staff, not just the elders, but against the leadership of every ministry. I believe that he's gonna come against the leadership uh, in particular. And to come against any of us, any of you that are willing to step up and step out in faith, believing that God is going to do a work, believing that God is going to move in these things. There's gonna be opportunities for each and every one of you as a part of this fellowship to be involved in a very active part, but it's gonna call for a commitment in your life. Not just to come on Sunday, sit on your can in a nice comfortable chair in the air conditioning or in the heating during the summer, but actually be involved in the body of Christ, in the family of God that we have here. But it's gonna take your willingness not only to be committed in your walk in Christ, but also a willingness to seek how and where the Lord wants to use you as a part of this body, as a functioning part of this body. But you need to be aware. This is a full disclosure moment, okay? If you're willing to step out, then you need to understand the enemy is going to be looking to trip you up. But beloved, do not think that it's strange concerning this fiery trial which is gonna try you as though some strange thing is just happening to you. No, the enemy is gonna work in whatever way that he can to again, keep these things from happening. Now, look, let's get back to Acts chapter four. That's actually where we're at. Because we find that because, and actually through that process of persecution, God had a greater plan in store for Peter and John. As a matter of fact, we still see that God works even now today through our times of persecution He does that for his glory. God has a greater plan in store for you and I, yes, even through times of persecution. In Acts chapter four, and hopefully you've got your Bibles, you're there this morning, we find that Peter and John and the lame man, they were literally on trial before the most powerful men in all of Israel. And if you remember, last week we looked at it down in verse seven. They were asked that amazing question. By what power or by what name have you done this? And that gave Peter and John an opportunity they could not even imagine that they could have had. An opportunity they could have never had on their own. And again, I just wanna bring it home. You need to see very, very clearly here. Their initial boldness brought about persecution. But in the midst of their persecution, God brought about a greater opportunity to share the truth of the gospel. Guys, we need to see this. We need to nail that down. We need to understand that at the very core of our being. In the midst of our boldness, 
the enemy's going to be bold. But beloved, when the enemy gets bold, guess what? Our God is bolderer. Is that a good word? Bolderer? Yeah. Theologically, it's right. Maybe English, it's horrible. But theologically, it's right. Our God is more bold. Our God is greater. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They had the opportunity to share the truth of the gospel before these rulers, elders, scribes, as well as Annas the high priest and, and Caiaphas and a whole host of others. The most powerful men in all of Judaism were standing before them that morning. Now, last week we looked at Peter's message, but for this morning, I want you to remember his response actually focused on those final words, those final words that are found up in verse 11 and 12, where it says that Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he quoted from Psalm 118. As he's speaking to these men, he, in speaking of Jesus, he said, this is the stone which was rejected by you, by you, the builders, which has now become the chief cornerstone. And then he tells them straight up, nor is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. As we saw last week, these elders, these leaders, they, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to respond. Oh, they warned them, they threatened them, don't ever speak in that name again. And again, Peter said, hey, brother, it's right in, in God's eyes to, to obey man rather than God. You be, the, you be the judge, but we're gonna obey God. So they did not bow down, they did not back down, they did not back away just simply because of these threats. They kept moving forward. Now, all of that by way of introduction, let's look at today's passage. It's there in Acts beginning in verse 23. And being let go, they, Peter and John, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had to say to them. So when they heard that, when the crowd, all the other disciples, when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them who by the mouth of your servant David have said, and then they quote from Psalm chapter two. Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things and the kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ? Then they declared for truly, against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now that's a message in itself. Again, the sovereign plan of God that God himself had determined even before the creation of man that he was going to send his son to be crucified. That's why John, when John saw, the, the, saw Christ in the book of Revelation, he said, and behold, a lamb crucified before the very foundation of the world. God had that plan. It wasn't a failure that Christ was crucified. It was the plan of God. 
And it's interesting to note here, as they quote from Psalm chapter two, verses one and two, they saw a prophetic connection uh, that was taking place at that very time. Psalm two says, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. That's Psalm chapter two, verses one and two. When we look at at verse one and when he speaks of the nations, uh, it's, it's the Greek word ethnos. When they speak of the people, it is the Greek word laos. The nations are the Gentiles. That's the, again, non-Jewish. When he speaks of the people, he's actually speaking of the people of Israel there in Psalms. Now when we get to Acts chapter four, we see that as they're laying that verse down to the current events of the day, we see that once again, the, the, the Gentiles, the ethnos, the people, the laos, the people of Israel, in, 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 in verse two, we see that the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. And then here in Acts chapter four, verse 27, they relate that to the fact that Herod was the current king of that region. Pilate was the ruler of that region and they took counsel together to come against Christ. All of these had come together against Christ. The Gentile and the Jew, Pilate uh, or Herod the king and Pilate the ruler. And in Psalm 22, it says, they took counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, against the Lord. The word used there in verse two, which is translated Lord in your Bibles, is it should be capitalized because it is the Hebrew word Yahweh or Jehovah, the self-existent one, the eternal one, against God Almighty and against his anointed. And the anointed is actually the Hebrew word Moshiach, and that, uh, again, it's the Greek word that we translate as Christos. Um, we get our English words Messiah and Christ out of both of those. So again, they came against God and against his anointed, against the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And as the disciples that day, after that time of persecution, coming back together, they put Psalm 2 together with the events of that day, and they saw that exact correlation between this Old Testament prophetic psalm and the events of their day, and then they cried out before the Lord, now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness, we may speak the word. By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Man, what a spirit filled attitude that was. After all that had gone on, they raised their voice to God with one accord and prayed for boldness. They weren't having a pity party. There were absolutely no Eeyores in the place. Oh me, oh my, things are gonna get tough now. No, there was an excitement 
for the things of God. We were persecuted, but God, that's because we are obedient to you. Give us boldness to continue on. We're so glad you could be with us today as we opened God's Word and dove into the goodness and truth the Bible contains. If you've missed any part of today's message in Acts, we encourage you to refer to our website, calvarycg.org. Once there, you can browse our library of audio as well as learn more about the ministry of the Open Word. We'd love to hear from you about how God's working in your life. Please give us a call at 520-836-9676. When you call, please let us know how we can be praying for you. Again, that's 520-836-9676. If you prefer accessing information through social media, visit our Facebook page and keep up to date with all that's happening at The Open Word. Just go to theopenword.com. You'll be directed right to our page. You'll be able to explore more of Pastor David's audio there as well. As our time comes to a close today, Pastor David has a quick word of encouragement to share with you. Hey, thanks, Chris. Any time you spend in God's Word is valuable, and I'd like to encourage you to do it as often as possible. By diving deeper into the Scripture and letting it saturate your heart and mind, you'll be ready to take on your day as well as be prepared when the enemy attacks. If you're not sure where to start, you can begin by reading today's passage again. Or simply let your Bible fall open. If your heart is open to the Holy Spirit's direction, you can't go wrong. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. And I hope you'll join me again next time on The Open Word. Make a small-